Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today on this Saturday morning. So we like to talk about something more contemporary. Usually Monday through Friday, we're on a topic in the Word of God. Saturdays, we like to talk about something happening in our world. And this week, I'd like to just share with you a little bit about my week on campus this year, this week at North Carolina State University, because it is quite insightful as to the world we live in and what is going on in our campuses. For years, the campuses have been a spiritual battleground. We know that. You can probably remember back if you went to college, what your, your campus is a marketplace of ideas. Ideas are shared. People are trying to figure things out. And at the same time, they're partying and being tempted and involved in all kinds of activities as they're away from family and they're on their own. There's a lot of people trying to figure things out. Well, I thought this week was quite interesting. So let me just give you a little rundown if I could. I think this will be encouraging to you and it'll be inspiring, but I think it will also be a wake-up call to us. Here we go. Monday was a slow day. Nice weather, surprisingly a slow day, but I had a number of individual conversations. One in particular stands out to me. When I was there last year, it was a pretty rowdy time. There was a particular, particularly vile uh, gay man, uh, probably about 45. I don't know if he's, I think he's in grad school. He might have been a professor, but a particularly vile man who was very opposed to me and very loud, and it served to generate a huge crowd. At the end, as I often do, I'd called people up to pray for our campus and to make a public statement, a public decision, a public declaration of their faith in Jesus. This, this Monday, some, a girl came up to me as I was finished and standing, and she just said, I want you to know, last year, when you called me forward, that moment was when I got on fire for Jesus Christ. I've gotten in a church, I've been baptized, I'm, I've, I'm following the Lord, I'm witnessing, I'm doing all these things now. It was that moment. Friends, we often try and avoid conflict, and I don't think we should particularly seek it out, but often it is in the midst of the of conflict that people catch fire for God. Remember Paul in Philippians chapter 1? He talked about how he was imprisoned for the gospel, and he said that his circumstances turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Why? Because many of the brethren, seeing his imprisonment, were more emboldened themselves now to preach the gospel. I don't know what it is. There's something about when, when we're persecuted, we need someone to stand up and be bold. This needs to be a prayer for our, our churches. We need to pray for our church leaders because if we're persecuted, people are intimidated. People get quiet. People hide. People are canceled. And what's needed is, it always needed is God needs to raise up a leader. Maybe it will be you. Maybe someone on this live stream right now or someone listening later today. Maybe you'll be the person who has a boldness that lights a fire in others. If you want to pray for me, pray for that. For many years now, I've seen on the campus, the greatest need amongst Christians, I believe, is boldness. Boldness. We need to know what we believe. We need to have the conviction, but it's only when we're willing to suffer for a conviction that it becomes alive and real. You can believe something, but if you keep it hidden, I don't know, there's a dynamic here that's just not there until you're willing to, to suffer consequences for your conviction. 
Second day, well, it was interesting. Right off the bat, some guy wanted to point out he's uh, he. No sooner I got started, he said, "Oh, I'm glad to listen to you because I'm a socialist and Jesus was a socialist." Now, I'm sure he was just trying to get my goat, but he is a socialist. He was part of what we'd call the woke left that wants to tear down what this country has been and and remake it in a new uh, after a left wing a far-left political ideology. This is far more common than you think. This is far more common on our campuses. We have seen this idea spread into Washington, obviously, and it's affected our media, our education, our, our um, business, all of this uh, kind of this socialist idea, and people don't know how to respond to it. When I told him, oh, I don't think Jesus was a socialist, he said, do you think Jesus was a capitalist? My answer, no. I think Jesus was for freedom. I think the Bible's for freedom. Folks, the opposite of socialism, they want us to think the opposite is capitalism. And I suppose when rightly defined, when we don't let the left define what that means, what maybe so. But what I would say, what I often say, the opposite of socialism is freedom or free enterprise. And that is this, one, one has the government controlling things, regulating things, owning things. One has the people, freedom, uh, uh, the individuals, the one who work for it, the one who deserves it. Indeed, we have a day where it's considered greedy if you want to keep what you earned, but not greedy if you want to take it away from the person who earned it. And so these are, these are ideas that have consequences. And although it's not gospel per se, because of the, these, these far-left ideas affect people's openness to hearing the gospel message. They affect people's openness to um, understand. They lump Christianity together with all of these things that indeed, when, that's, when they reject freedom and free enterprise and things like this, they often reject Christianity as well. But anyway, that day was a, we went on. I want to get to day three because day three was the most significant day for me. It was cold and blustery, difficult to get an audience. I had a small audience for a little bit of the day, but it was blustery and we had an eight hour drive in front of us. So we knocked off a little early and, and headed home that night, got back to Columbus but um, as I got on campus to start, and I usually get there about 11.30 to start in time for the noon class break, here was a church serving coffee. They had a table out there that was serving coffee, and you could come up and talk to them and you know talk about Jesus if you were interested. Good for them. Next to them, you had a—not very many people there, by the way. Then you had a, a uh, booth, the Muslims, Ask a Muslim, do you have a question for Muslims? And this uh, group is on different campuses, and they're fairly aggressive. They say things like, Jesus was a Muslim. Uh, Islam is the one way. They've been trained to know have a, every answer for what a Christian would say. They've been trained to know how to, how to uh, confuse a Christian, talk about the Trinity, talk about uh, how could God die on the cross, all these, these questions, they've got their talking points memorized. They've got their sharp with them. They know what to say. And they had a uh, fair number of people around their table, mostly Muslim, I believe, but not exclusively. And then you had the Jehovah's Witnesses. 
and they had their literature rack out there, and they were they're promoting their idea of Jesus. And of course, if you know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses, they have a aberrant idea of of who God is, of who Jesus is. They don't ascribe deity to Him, and would be considered by Orthodox Christians to be a cult group. And then you had a guy with a big table uh, uh, promoting yoga, who was a Hindu, and and idea welcoming people into Hinduism and Eastern mysticism through uh, if they might be interested in yoga. Big table. His was probably the mo- he probably had the most people coming and talking to him, and he had hundreds and hundreds of books he was giving out to people uh, who who would come. Usually he'd want to get a donation. He said free books, then he'd try to get a donation. But all these books that he was giving, some people walked away with a handful of books, and lots of people were visiting his table. He was pretty aggressive in inviting them. It struck me. There's an invasion. There's an invasion in our country. We often want to protect ourselves from the, the uh, you know, foreign invasion of, of an army. But we have an ideological invasion that has come into our country. And the ones that were getting the most attention were the Hindus and the Muslims. Not even the Jehovah's Witnesses and not even the, the church with the coffee and the, the discussion time. Folks, the, the campus is the marketplace of ideas. It really grieved me. broke my heart to see all these people, uh, the aggressiveness the aggressiveness of people with false religions that have come and are trying to to invade our country with their religious ideas. Now, they have every right to do that. When I say invasion, of course, this is America. We have a free exchange of ideas. We believe that when when ideas clash, the right ideas, the best ideas will prevail. What struck me was the lack of us getting our ideas out there. We've made the assumption that most people are Christian, most people understand what Christianity teaches. Well, a lot of people may claim to be Christian, although certainly not on the campus any longer. I don't think it's the majority any longer. But very few really understand and know what what Christianity really teaches and how to defend it, how to defend it against the talking points of of the Muslim, how to defend it against the false ideas of Jehovah's Witnesses, how to defend it against the ideas of meditation and yoga taking off stress, which is, which is for these groups, their back door to introduce you to Hinduism and Eastern mysticism. It was really kind of bothersome. It, it motivated me to say we are in an ideological battle. Ideas have consequences. Many, people, many Christians believe their ideas, but like the girl on day one, it's sometimes only as we have to stand up and suffer for them that they become real and dynamic in our lives. As I walked off the campus that day and I was talking with my host about all these different religious ideas, and they've been there for years, but it was just so evident because they were all lined up there. As I walked off the campus and I, I realized that there's been this invasion of ideas, and then we were walking by classroom buildings, and I thought, oh my goodness, there's the invasion of ideas. There's where the secular humanism has come, the agnosticism has come, the evolution has come. The moral relativism has come. The woke ideologies have come. The left-wing ideas have come. The socialism has come. The LGBT has come. That's the, 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 you had the Islam. You had the Jehovah's Witnesses. You had the 
Hinduism out there where I was preaching, but the classrooms is where all these other ideas are. Brothers and sisters, we're in a spiritual battle, a battle of ideas, and ideas have consequences. Today, I pray for you. I think let's pray for you, for your children, for your grandchildren, for the, pe- the kids in our youth groups, for the youth of, our, of America, as, as there has been an invasion of ideas. It didn't just start. It's been going on for 50 or more years. It's been going on quite some time. But it's striking me they're winning. It's striking me they're winning, and we need to be people who, we, we need to realize that. We don't want to wake up when it's too late. Father in heaven, we praise you today that you have given us the truth. We thank you the Christian faith is based on the truth. Jesus, when you came, it says that in you, grace and truth were realized. We think of how Paul said we are to speak the truth in love. I think of how, uh, how Paul tells us in Romans 1 that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And Jesus, you said the truth will set us free. If you're my disciples and you continue in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Oh, Father, we live in a world now, so, so many parts of the world don't have this access to all these different religions, but now in our world, the, there's just so many. Every, there's all these different religious ideas, all these, even the secular ideas that have religious undertones. How we pray, Father, that in this day you'd raise up evangelists to preach the word, raise up people who can defend the faith, raise up apologists for our, for our campuses, for our schools, in our churches, Lord, might we know the truth and not be influenced by false ideas, some that very obviously religious, others of them masquerading as secular when they're religious as well. Oh, Father, we are in a spiritual battle. Arm us, prepare us, equip us to win. I pray, Father, today for our children. I pray for our grandchildren. I pray, Lord, for the children yet to come, the generations yet to come, the things they're learning in the schools. I pray for the youth in our our churches, in our youth groups, in our families, the young people in our families, the homeschooled kids, the Christian school kids, and and particularly those who are in the public schools who's, who are come from Christian families. Oh, God, protect their minds, protect their hearts, protect them from temptation. Lord, you said it would be better for those who cause a little one who believes in you to stumble, to be thrown in the a millstone around their neck and thrown in the sea. I pray, oh, God, you'd protect the youth from being deceived, from being tricked, from being seduced into what's false and wrong. Father, we pray for our country, we pray for our families, we pray for our churches. There is a battle. Wake us up, O Father. Help us to fight hard while we still can. We thank you for the freedom we have. We thank you for the the freedom we have in our country. We know others are using it to advance their ideas. Might we use it to advance the kingdom of God and the gospel and the truth of your word. We pray and bless you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Hey, folks, thanks so much for joining us. We get here every day and talk about the Word of God. This is what we need to do. Like I said, we're in a spiritual battle. You better know the Word. You better understand the Word. 
you better not neglect the word. Don't assume you know the word. Don't assume you've got the Bible down because, you know, a lot of people think they do and they don't. And that's why you've got to get in it every day. If it's in the Bible, it's worth learning. If it's in the Bible, it's worth talking about. And if it's in the Bible, it's worth repeating. And to learn it over and over again till it's driven deep within our soul and we know what we believe and we know how to defend it. That's why we come here every day. We're live at 8.30 in the morning and I hope you will come. If, if you're here regular, I know you're growing. If you're not here regularly, I ask you, join us. Be part of our community. Give it a shot for several weeks and see if your life doesn't grow as a result. See if you don't become stronger because this is our spiritual food, the Word of God. Feed, on your, feed your soul every single day. Do it on your own in the Word, but if you have trouble really getting a lot out of the Word, then allow someone else to teach you and help you learn the Word of God. That's why we're here. So if you're new, welcome. I hope you will subscribe. Hit the notify button. Share with your friends. Like the video. Leave a comment. We'd like to hear from you. If you're a regular, I love you guys. I look forward to having you here uh, tomorrow. So we'll talk about a, a Christian song and the message behind it to make sure we're singing the truth. We'll be blessed by those who have a gift and ability to help us understand truths about God in song and music. So until we meet tomorrow, God, God loves you. I love you. You have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.